All right, I'm excited that uh, you are here with us this morning, that you're joining us online, uh, because we get to share great news. Every Sunday, we get to share great news. If you are new or newer with us, we try to share what we are all about, what we believe God has called us to as a church, and, and it's this statement that we believe that we want everyone, we want every person to experience God's unconditional love. And, and we believe that God's unconditional love is found in a person, and that person is Jesus. It's why we talk about Jesus every Sunday. It's why we put him front and center, because we believe that God's unconditional love is expressed in the person of Jesus. And, and just like we sung, just like we sang just a few minutes ago, nothing else will do. It's why we've been spending this, this, uh, these past few weeks together talking through this series called I Am, where we've not just looked at what Jesus is, has done, but we look at who Jesus says he is, who he claims to be. There's a lot of views out there about who Jesus is. Uh, if you ask anyone, if I were to pull the room even, there may be different views about who we think Jesus is, that he was a great teacher, or that he was a good person, or a, a moral teacher, or a prophet, or he did these really cool miracles, or whatever these things are, Jesus actually says who he is, and we've been looking at these through these seven I am statements, and today we will look at the last statement about who Jesus says he is, and what it becomes clear as we've gone through this series about who Jesus says he is, is he's it. Jesus is it. He's who we put our hope in. He's who we put our trust in. He, he's it. We believe that, that we are broken, fallen, sinful people, people that didn't have hope. And God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for us the death that we deserved it's what we just recognize with communion, that the death that we deserve and by his sacrifice on the cross, we have this hope of everlasting life with him. And not just everlasting life, but life with him now. We are reconciled into this amazing, awesome relationship with God. And, and Jesus tells us over and over and over again about who he is and that he offers us this incredible reconciliation, this incredible life through what God has done for us. And, and today we're looking at this last statement where Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the vine. And so we're going to look at this passage in John. It's John 15, verses 1 through 8. It's on the screen if you want to look it up in your Bible, if you brought your Bible this morning, or if you want to uh, turn on your phone and look at that. Um, this is where we're going to uh, talk out of today. Jesus says this. Now, let me give you just a little bit of background before I dig into this. This is said just before Jesus is going to go to the cross. And, and John records more of what Jesus teaches in the last 48 hours than any of the other biographers of Jesus. And, you know, last words are important words. And Jesus is trying to get his followers, his closest followers, to really understand why he's come and the importance of what it means to follow him. And it's out of this that Jesus says these words. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If I were to write a summary, just a summary sentence of what Jesus is saying here, Jesus is basically saying this. Everything you do must flow from me. Everything you do must flow from me. And what I think is really, really interesting with this is there are no secondary branches in this. It, it's a primary branch. It's each of us being connected to the vine, who is Jesus. I'm not connected through Wendy's relationship with Jesus. I'm not connected through my parents' relationship with Jesus. I'm not connected through whoever's relationship with Jesus. I'm connected by my relationship with Jesus. It's a direct connection. And everything that I do must flow from him. But rather than me just trying to give application to this, what I really wanted to do was have somebody come out today and share the story. So I'm going to invite Lee Ellis out to the stage. And I've asked Lee if she would share her story. Lee and her husband Bill have been a part of South Point basically from the very beginning. And uh, Bill and Lee both serve as shepherds on our shepherd team. And just I've had the privilege to know Lee um, since we have been here. One of the very first houses we went to to visit was Bill and Lee's house. They had us over for dinner and have developed a, a friendship with them. And Lee also volunteers a ton of time uh, doing a lot of admin work and has taken a bunch off my plate uh, during this transition, which has been a huge blessing. So so grateful for her. But one of the reasons that we asked Lee to share today was because we know that this verse has deep meaning for her, and so we're going to explore that a little bit together. So, welcome, Lee. Hi. <laughs> so, Lee, why don't you tell everybody a little bit what it was like uh, for you growing up? Um, I grew up um, Catholic. My mom and dad were both Catholic. We went to a Catholic church, um, but... I knew about God, I believed in Jesus, I believed that he was who he said he was, but I didn't really have anything personal, it didn't really affect my life personally. Um, for me, it was go, we went to church on Sunday, we went to church on the holy days of obligation, um, and we went to confession 
and then we repeated that. For, so um, th that's pretty much how my whole growing up went. My dad was an alcoholic, so he was um, pretty much emotionally distant um, during my growing up years and pretty much for my whole life. My mom was very caught up in that, so she was a little distant, although she tried very hard to instill in us the values that she thought came from from God so that um, we would grow up and follow him. So tell us a little bit about your own personal faith journey. Um, yeah, when I was in high school, my mom decided to switch churches, so she started going to a non-denominational Christian church, and she brought my sister and I with her. My dad stayed at the Catholic church. That was a little bit of a contention in our house for a while. Um, but um, I learned more about what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus, um, and I made that commitment. I gave my life to him, but I really didn't do anything else with it. Um, because of how I grew up with my dad, I had this deep need to feel loved and accepted, um, and I looked for that. Um, outside. I didn't understand that that's what Jesus was offering me at the time. Um, so I looked for it in other places. Um, I looked for it in my relationships um, with friends, um, with boys. I always had a boyfriend, always had a boyfriend, and I was always very involved with whatever boyfriend I had at the time. Um, I'd have married him if he had asked me. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, I searched for that in other things for a long time. Um, and then um, went to college. Um, in college, I joined a campus ministry, InterVarsity um, Christian Fellowship. Um, <laughs> became involved um, with that, but, but again, um, kind of started to understand a little bit more about a personal relationship, but um, I was just really wanted pe people to love and accept me and to feel like I was worthy of being loved and accepted. So I kind of missed that. I kind of missed that what was what Jesus was offering and kept offering to me. Um, so I um, graduated from college, joined the army, met my husband in South Korea. Um, we were both believers, um, you know, got married, had three kids, had the dog, the house, the perfect life that at least looked perfect from the outside. We were happy. Um, we moved a lot. We went Hawaii, Ohio. We finally ended up in Michigan for a while, raised our kids there. Um, there we started um, getting a little bit more into um, church and a, a real Bible-based church um, and had some older, more mature Christians that poured into us and kind of explained to us what it meant to walk personally with Jesus and, and to have him kind of, like you said, have everything flow through him. Um, so we kind of trudged around along that way for a while, and then <laughs> we moved to Rhode Island, which was a big change for me because the Midwest is very different than Rhode Island. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I lost all that personal um, connection to community um, and so I kind of slid back into my old way of thinking that I needed people to like me, I needed um, my husband to fulfill me, I needed my kids to fulfill me, I needed to have the, the nice house and the nice clothes and and I needed to look a certain way to feel loved and accepted. So I, I trudged along like that for a while. And after a few years in Rhode Island, God, I think, thought it would be funny to plop me somewhere that was way more isolated. So we moved to England, um, not London. We moved to 
the middle of rural England, which is cows and sheep and, um, and not a lot of people. So Sydney went off to school, Bill went off to work, and I was alone for most of the day. So I kind of like, okay, God, it's just me and you. What do you want to do with this? So um, I started spending a lot of time with him and, and um, just really exploring a lot more of what that personal relationship meant. Now, I probably, I was trying to think, um, at least on three different occasions in different groups or conversations I've had with you, you've mentioned that this uh, teaching that Jesus has about he is the vine and we are the branches, like it just has like this deep personal connection and meaning for you. Uh, can you share a little bit why that is? Why is this so meaningful for you? Sure. Um, I think... Um when I, I, I am the vine and you are the branches um, really resonated with me and I started to study it a little bit more to try and figure out what exactly that meant. Um, the part of the verse that really speaks to me the most, I think, is, is that abiding part where he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, um, you, you, know, you can do anything in my name. And as I read the verse and I studied it a lot, I with this devotional I, I picked up and I was just showing my husband this morning I've had it for that for so long that the actual price and it's in pounds on the back here so I was like so that's where when I started really studying it um, but I lost my train of thought <laughs> abiding um, in, in him really the, the part of the verse that really re was confusing to me was if apart from me you can do nothing and I was like wow what does that mean apart from you I can do nothing because I've done some stuff I mean I I went I went to school I got married I had a career I had a career I had three children raised three children moved all over the place so I've done some stuff without you but I think what he was trying to say was apart from me you can do nothing like me so you cannot be you cannot be Christ-like. You can't have um, my character in you if you are not connected to me. And so what that meant to me was that I couldn't love anybody unconditionally. I couldn't serve anybody um, without a self-motive. Um, and I couldn't bring glory to him. I couldn't even really adequately share my faith and, and what Jesus was unless I was connected to him. So... Um, that's, that's really why that verse meant so much to me because I, I've realized in my own life when, when things start to come off the rails, where, when I can't love somebody, when I feel like I'm frustrated all the time, it's usually because I have wandered away. And I just want to make sure people think that being connected to God doesn't make your life perfect, but what it does is it gives you that, that joy that deep and the end of that verse actually says these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be re remain in you and that your joy may be full so I'm going to share a ver uh, just a passage from this devotional that I have and I have a couple copies of this devotional if anybody's interested in grabbing one um, um, and then if you want one I'll get you one if you want to just let me know um, but I'm going to read this part of this verse that's um, book that's really really spoken to me over the years and 
If you ask what exactly it is that you now have to believe that you may abide in him, the answer is not difficult. Believe, first of all, what he says, I am the vine. The safety and the fruitfulness of the branch depends upon the strength of the vine. Do not think so much of yourself as a branch, nor of the abiding as your duty. Until you have first had your soul filled with faith in what Christ as the vine is, he really will be to you all that a vine can be, holding you fast, nourishing you, and making himself responsible every moment for your growth and your fruit. Take time to know, set yourself to believe heartily, my vine, on whom I can depend for all I need, is Christ. A large, strong vine bears a weak branch and holds it more than the branch holds the vine. Ask the Father by the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what a glorious, loving, mighty Christ this is, in whom you have placed your in whom you have your place and your life. It is faith in what Christ is, more than anything else, that will keep you abiding in him. A soul filled with large thoughts of the vine will be a strong branch and will abide confidently in him. Turn your attention to Jesus and exercise your faith in him as the true vine. To me, this is so freeing because what he's actually saying is that all you have to do is really yield yourself to me, that the vine is strong enough to hold the branch. So the branch, does, I don't even have to be strong. I just have to lean into his strength and he keeps me there, which is such a cool thing to me. Awesome. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> Thanks for sharing this yeah. morning. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, you can go. <laughs> let me let me just be honest. She, she shared this a lot better than I could. And uh, I just really appreciate her story and her testimony and how God has used this image of who Jesus is to transform her and continue to transform her to be more like him. And, and our hope is that this would be something that would inspire and move each one of us to be uh, encouraged to remain in him, to abide in him, to be connected to him, and realize that there's nothing that we can do without him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for revealing to us who Jesus is. Thank you for your word and how it transforms us, God, to be more like you. Thank you for the hope that this gives us. Thank you for the way that you have transformed and changed us. God, I pray that you would just continue to do that. You would continue to work and move in each person here, each person who's watching online. Uh, Father, in your church throughout the world, God, that you would just continue to move and make us more like you. And it's in Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. <laughs>